Hi everyone, welcome to my podcast where we talk all things that are most dear to the heart. I'm Bobby Houston, co-senior pastor of Hillsong Church and founder of the Color Sisterhood. I'm passionate about seeing all people find Jesus as Saviour and gain a revelation of their value in Him and then rise up to make a stand for justice in the earth. This is a place that you'll hear from me, the Color Sisterhood team and some of our beloved friends. To find out more and stay up to date, please visit bobbyhouston.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Well, good morning, good morning and welcome to the Sisterhood Friendship Table for another week and cheers to us girls. And cheers to you in the rooms or online. This could be dangerous. Um, My name is Cass Langton and I am one of the creative pastors here at Hillsong Church. And if I'm honest with you, I love Thursday mornings so much. I love the opportunity to get together with the girls, to be in the room or to be online and to be talking about the goodness of God. And we have had a couple of really great weeks here at the Friendship Table. If you were here last week or you're watching online, you'll remember that Laura and Carolee shared some really incredible stories about thankfulness and good news stories. And I don't know about you, but it's made me look at my week a little bit differently this week. I've been looking for God at work and for the things that He has been doing. Um, It's been quite fun. I actually have a girlfriend and she has a good news jar on her desk. And what she does is with her family, every time she hears a good story or God does something in their life or she's got something to be grateful for, she writes it down on a piece of paper. And then on New Year's Eve as a family, they start to pull things out of the jar and they remember what's happened in the year. Don't you love that? I love it. (laughs) I like it a lot. And so I think then, girls, today we actually get to continue telling good news. And I'm excited that you're all here with me. And so I thought I would introduce you to my friends. So I'm going to start with you, Sarah Karoya. This is the Brisbane girls represent today. (laughs) So a shout out to Sarah. She and her husband, Nick, are actually our Brisbane Central Campus Pastors. That's true, right? That's true. But what I need to tell you is that she came to Hillsong College as a 17-year-old girl. You were actually the first person under 18 to ever be accepted to college. (laughs) How do you feel about that, Angela? Well, I'm happy because look at her. She's amazing. (laughs) Right. Now, what you might not know about her is she used to travel around New Zealand (laughs) in a worship band with Aaron Puddle and Damien Bassett. Is this true? I found all the fun things because us girls, we like a little bit of news. Um, You founded the String Movement when you were running youth, which was an anti-bullying movement, which was actually quite profound and important. And um, they tell me that you're a good saxophonist. (laughs) Is that true? I don't even know what to say. Oh, trumpet. Oh, I played the trumpet. Look, your husband (laughs) said it was a saxophone, so we might have something to do with that. I couldn't play it anymore. Okay, do you want to introduce us to your family? Because I feel like it's always nice to have a little context. (laughs) Well, they put a little photo up and I did get asked for a family photo and I couldn't find any that were when we weren't doing an adventure. So this is our latest adventure. We went out back. And so you've got Malachi up above me, Samson up above my husband, Nick, and that was our latest adventure. I love we that. Have fun. I love that so much. Okay, so Sarah, it's very fun to have you here. Okay, my next favourite is Emily Dellis. And Em and I, we work upstairs on level three together. You're yes. currently on maternity leave, though. Mm-hmm. You have a little new baby who is 15 weeks. 15 weeks yes. old. I was going to say three months, so I'm kind of in the middle. Yeah. Now, what they tell me about you is that you are the ultimate country girl. 
Is that oh, true? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Nick would say that, yes. Nick says that you are the ultimate country girl, but you are probably more Greek than he is. Yes, that's true. Um, you work alongside our friend Darren Kiddo, yes. as, who is the International Ministry Director, and you love a good day spa. Oh, yes, that one's true. That is that true. Is true. <laughs> they also tell me that if I go into your top drawer, I'm going to find chocolate. Yes. Yes. Always and true. I'll tell you the thing that I love the most about you is that your friends say that you are the best friend a girl could ever have, that you have the capacity to always make room for others at your table and you make people's life larger. It's very kind. It's really lovely, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so then do you want to introduce us to your people? Yes, so I have three wonderful boys in my life. So my <laughs> husband, Nick, um, my nearly three-year-old boy, Georgie, and my new little boy, Buddy Bo. So my life is so rich from them. I love them. <laughs> and I never thought I'd be a boy's mum, but construction is my life. And I have hair and makeup on today. But if you see me through the week, you may not recognise me <laughs> because I'm in the dirt. So but it's great. I love I it. I love that. Yeah. Okay. And then I feel like, Angela, you need no introduction. You're actually the principal of our Bible college. Yes. Um, but I have really fun things that I feel like I should tell about you. You and Tom first came to Australia purely because you felt God called you here um, to open a Bible college. Mm -hmm. Is that yes. true? Yes, it's an amazing story for another time. Okay, we'll keep that for another time. <laughs> but when you came here, apparently had no job, but no visa. No visa. No Three visa. <laughs> We've been here 22 years now. We're legal. Okay, We're I love that. Now. And the one thing that your husband told me that I had no idea of is that you've actually lived in Africa. Yeah, yeah. In 1993, the year the apartheid had been, and there was the ability for Africans to vote the first time in South Africa. Wow. It was an amazing time to be there, and it's incredibly beautiful country and yeah. um an amazing place. So I love that. I okay. love living there. I love that. Okay, then do you want to introduce us to your family? Yes. <laughs> okay, my family. I think the photo's coming up. We also don't have tons of photos of all of us together because I've been married 29 years. My husband's there right next to myself. I'm in the checkered jacket. <laughs> and that is the night and that is unfiltered. That photo, we went out to eat because our son got engaged to the love of his life and my, the love of my life. <laughs> I absolutely adore her. So it's Tom, my husband, Tommy, which is so American, uh, our son, Tommy, and his gorgeous now wife, Kiera, and our amazing daughter, Emily. And that's my beautiful family. And my kids are all in America at the moment and we haven't been able to see them oh. for ages. And our son got married without me being there. Oh, we did Angela. a Zoom wedding. Yes. Oh. Yes. So I, it's been an amazing season. Were you heartbroken and by that? Yes. Yes. I was heartbroken. And how I got through that is I decided that I would focus on the marriage, not the wedding. Oh, I love I that. have to work out yep. ways mentally to handle these things. So, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. So then this morning, girls, um, recently Pastor Bobby, who sends a love, by the way, she's actually in New York at the moment with our New York church. And she wrote this morning to tell us that she's doing well, but she misses all your faces. She has commissioned us to have some conversations around one thing that matters to me. And so the truth is, I actually have two things that matter to me because I am running the table this morning and also next week. So we are going to start today with one thing that matters to me, and that is that you would know God. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. That you would know God. And I know that sounds like a really simple thing, but I actually think it is incredibly profound and it has the ability to shape your life more than you can ever imagine. So I wanted to start by telling you a story. Um, I have a daughter, Lily, who is doing year 12 at the moment. So you can believe that our house is running at an all time stress level high. And um, I think, um, I don't know whether I should give my precursor to start with, but last weekend they went on a school missions trip to Musselbrook. And I want to admit right from the start that this sounds like I am a very incompetent and irresponsible parent, which I generally am not. So I'm not quite sure how this happened, but please don't make judgments. But this makes for a great illustration of what I want to talk to you about. Um, the truth is that somewhere over the last while, I must have signed one of those parent permission forms to actually give her the authority to go away. But what is also equally true is that last week, I had no idea where my daughter was, what she was doing, how she got to where she was meant to get to. I didn't know where she was staying. I didn't know what they were eating. I wasn't sure if I was meant to give her money to go or not. And the truth was, we dropped her at school, she left, and then I don't know what happened. But um, on Saturday afternoon, I texted her and went, hey, Lils, are you coming home today? And she didn't respond, but her best girlfriend, Ava, definitely responded and said, hey, Cass, if you could pick us up at two o'clock this afternoon, that would be fantastic and bring hot chips. (laughs) (laughs) But the truth is when those girls got home and we sat around a fire pit at my house, everything started to change because as they were telling stories of chilly nights in Musselbrook and worship events and school sports carnivals, as they told me about a little girl called Ava that they met who followed them around everywhere and them hosting working bees, They told that they ate Maccas for every meal. They slept on the floor of the preschool rooms. Like it was actually chaos and crazy. And then they told stories about sitting around worshipping God and how they told about what He was doing amongst them and how He's been changing their life. And all of a sudden, I felt like everything that was unknown to me beforehand became known as they shared. And I tell you that because... I think that this is a really beautiful framework when it comes to God, because He is mysterious and a mystery, and yet He can be known. J.I. Packer, who is one of my favourite authors, he has this incredible book called Knowing God, and he writes in it this, and it's quite profound. He says, we are cruel to ourselves if we try to live in a world without knowing about the God whose world it is and who runs it. And the world becomes a strange, mad and painful place and the life in it becomes disappointing and unpleasant for those who do not know about God. Disregard the study of God and you sentence yourself to stumble and blunder throughout life blindfolded as if with no sense of direction and no understanding of what surrounds you. This way you can waste your life and lose your soul. I don't know about you, but I think that is so profound that we can be cruel to ourselves if we fail to get an understanding of who God is. And, you know, as a sisterhood, we have this statement. We say kindness rules and we talk about being kind to others, sharing ourselves and making the world a better place. But this morning, I wanted to encourage you that you can be very kind to yourself Mm. when you set out on a quest to know God. 
And so I found this incredible story in Acts that I love. The Apostle Paul, who's had this radical encounter with Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus and has gone from being a persecutor of the church to being a proclaimer of truth, finds himself in Athens. And you pick this story up in Acts 17 and it it talks about this. It says, um, Paul stood up in the meeting place and he said, people of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious. For as I walked around and I carefully observed your worship, I even found an altar on it to an unknown God. So you're ignorant in the very thing that you worship. And this is what I want to proclaim to you. And Paul goes on and he says, you know, you worship unknown gods, but I want to tell you that there is a God who can be known. Mm -hmm. And what he says is this God who can be known, He made Himself known in Jesus Christ. And He tells this incredible story about Jesus' life, how God became man and dwelt amongst us. He came to earth, He lived a sacrificial life, He ministered to people, but then He died on the cross and rose again so that you and I could know Him. In fact, in... um, First, uh, in Colossians 1, it says that Jesus is the visible nature of an invisible God. So it says that Jesus actually made a hidden God revealed to us so that we could know Him. Now, I don't know about you, but I find that so profound that there is a God who is a mystery and yet you and I can mm, know yeah, Him. Yeah. Now, the truth is the Jews have known that for a long time. They have had access to this Scripture. And in the Bible, Jesus or God has revealed Himself to us. You know, in Genesis, He reveals Himself as a creator. And in Exodus, He he is a deliverer. And in Leviticus, He's a priest. And in Numbers, He's like refreshing water. And it goes on and on. He reveals Himself as a shepherd in the Psalms, as a loving husband in Hosea. There are all these many ways that He reveals Himself. And He reveals to you and I things about Himself, His nature, His character and His attributes so that we're not stumbling around in the dark wondering what this God is like. But the thing that I love the most is that in Genesis, right at the very beginning, He creates man and woman and He puts him in a garden. But then He comes in the cool of the evening and He pursues relationship with them. He walks with them. He wants to know them. And I think about like my own relationships in life. I think about my husband who I love with my whole heart. He is a great man. I knew a lot of things about Rich Langton before I married him. In fact, one of my best girlfriends was dating him, which is a little bit controversial, but we'll go there another day. Anyway, I knew that he was like 5'11", that he had blue eyes. I knew a whole lot of things about him, but it wasn't until we formed a relationship together and I sat across the table from him and I watched how his eyes squinched up when he talked about things that he loved and I came to understand that he was obsessed with adventure and he liked to laugh. And I knew things about him that changed the game for me. And that helps me to realise that God wants that with us, that He's actually pursuing relationship. He wants us to study Him and know about Him, but He wants us to know Him. And so today, like, I am so keen to have a conversation around um, what it looks like for us to know God. In Jeremiah 9, I'm just going to leave you this as we launch into our conversation. It says this, this is what the Lord says. It says, Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, or the strong boast about their strength, or the rich boast of their riches, but let the one who boasts, boasts about this, that they have the understanding to know God, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, and justice and righteousness on earth 
for those things I delight in. And so girls, I thought today that it would be fun if we could boast about yeah. what it looks like to know God and what we have come to know about Him. If you're up for the conversation, because yeah. I think that will be really fun. It's so fun. <laughs> and Sarah, the one thing that I know about you is um, you and I started a text conversation before you even knew this was on, on the cards last week. And I said to you, um, if you were pondering anything about God, what would you have been thinking about? about his nature and his character and his attributes. You wrote back crazy things. <laughs> like, you're oh my goodness, I love this question. You've sent me on a rabbit warren. Yeah. Wow. And I think at every turn in my life, you have been somebody that I know that I could write to and get you to pray for me or who would have something to encourage me about because I feel like you know God. So I wondered if you would share with us, what have you learned to be true about him? And how has that shaped your relationship with him? Yeah, and I, um, I love that you have, this is your what matters to you. Isn't that so great? And I did, I said, you know, set me down a lovely path. And I was like, how can I pick one? <laughs> you know, I have to pick you one. don't have to. <laughs> but there was, um, you know, there was one that sort of stood out to me of what God has revealed Himself mm -hmm. to be to me. And I was really thinking about what you had said about knowing God. And I was thinking, you know, even before I say what my one is, it's like, it's one thing, you know, when I say it, it can sound like, oh, that's a bit Christian cliche, of course. But it's one thing to like know mm -hmm. something in your yeah. mind and your logic, but then another thing to really know it in your spirit and yes. in your heart. And so I think this one for me is something that is just like, I know that I know my spirit, the core of who I am, that this is who God is. Mm. And so um, it is, drum roll please. Yes. It is that I know that God is with us. Wow, God I is with that. us. <laughs> yes, I and love that. So I've got a couple of scriptures. The first one is Psalm 139 verse five. And it's a beautiful scripture and it's so true to me. It says, you hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. And it just speaks of the enveloping God, enveloping nature of God. He's behind me, He's before me, He's all around me. He lays His hand upon me. You know, and we, we know that God is omnipresent, like, which means He's like everywhere all the time. Right. And that's kind of like crazy for your mind to think. Yeah. But like for me, it just means, oh, that means that God is with me. You know, like God's with me. I love that. And um, I was thinking about like this Christmas, my favourite Christmas carol was Come O Come Emmanuel. Mm. And it was like the children of God were like, we need Emmanuel, we need God with us, we need Messiah. Right. And then here we sit, 2021. Can you believe it? 2021. <laughs> here we sit and Jesus has come, mm. returned to the Father, but then we now have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so the second spirit, the second verse, I should say, which is like one of my all-time favourites since I was a little girl, is in John and it's John 14 and verse 16 and 17. It says, and I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The world cannot accept Him because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him for He lives with you Beautiful. and will be in you. Yes. And I know for me, like I say to my boys since they were little, um, you know, before they go to bed every night, God is with you. God is with you. God is with you. <laughs> but you know, it's not for me. It's not just something that's cliche and I'm trying to get them to calm their mind. It's like, I want them to know yeah. that God, yeah. like the God you're talking about, God who is healer, who is comfort, who is counsellor, that, that God is with, with them. I love that. You know, and you know, I was texting you about someone in our Connect group and we we're having a conversation at Connect group on Tuesday night. He was talking about how he's in wilderness season and we've all been in wilderness seasons, but he's in a yeah. season where he feels like he can't hear God and he can't see God working. And I was thinking about my life and, you know, this revelation of God with us through every season. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I sort of, there was two, twofold I was thinking about. One, yes, it's God revealing this truth to me that I'm with you. But for me, it's also just like recognising God in every season and realising that perhaps God is showing up with me in a different way than I would expect Him to. Right. Like, you know, a little bit of my journey, there were seasons when I was just wanting God to show up as healer. Like, you know, you were with me as healer, but I realised that I needed to recognise Him as comforter or wow. recognise Him as the come right. alongside or the yeah. presence or the peace or even just recognising Him as God is love and the way other people are treating me. And I know that this is cool. I thought of this this morning. There's <laughs> girls next door who, when I was not well, they'd show up to my house and cut up all my veggies for me, clean my house. I would call them the cleaning angels. But looking back, I'm like, that was God with me right. showing yes. up yeah. in love with them. And like, you know, maybe I'm praying God to protect my kids. But like God with us is that prompt He gives us when, mm. you know, I'll oh, go and check on this or go say this. And so for me, God with us is so much more than this. It's this knowledge that the yeah. presence and the stillness and the beautifulness of God can be with us. So that's me. God with us. I love Come that on. so much. God with us. Yeah. Um, how has that changed how you approach Him? Yeah, like I think it changes everything. Right. Because it's not like heaven up there, you know, it's like God right here. And I think because I, it's a, I think it, has developed trust. Yeah. Like I trust him because I know he's with me. Um, there's an authenticity and an intimacy. I just I just feel like it's made it so much more real. Right. Like he's ever present, you know? Yeah. I love that. Yesterday I was yeah. talking to Duncan Corby who works in our Bible college and he he made a, a comment that just captured my attention. Yeah. He said, sometimes we want God to just be a better version of us. Yes. More loving, yeah. more kind, yeah. more nice, more good, more like all those words. And he goes, but sometimes we have to remind ourselves of His God attributes, yeah. like His omnipresence, yeah. like His mystery, like, mm. like the bigness of God. Yeah. And I think that's what you're talking about, right? Yeah, that, that's absolutely. a real God characteristic. Yeah. Okay, I love that. Yeah. All right, Em. So, <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to tell true stories, but last week you and I sat in the epicentre yeah. at the Hills campus. Mm -hmm. And um, at the end of Carolee and Laura's table, we sat around talking about the things that we had to be thankful to God for. And I might cry. <laughs> oh, but, gosh. Um, oh, guys, I wasn't going to cry. But I loved it because we were all talking about little things we had th to be thankful to God for, for jobs and for children and all those sort of things. And then you took a deep breath and you said, I think the thing that I am thankful to God for is way deeper than that. And you went on to share a story that as your friend, I have never known before. And what it revealed was some of the incredible attributes of God. Mm. And I said to you the other day, would you feel comfortable ever coming and sharing about what God has made known to you? Yeah. And so I don't know how much you're prepared to share mm -hmm. or whatever. But yeah. Okay. Um, well, it was, it was definitely a beautiful moment and it caught me by surprise <laughs> because it isn't something that I speak about and it isn't something I've shared about before. And, but through that journey, which I will share, I've come to know the Lord as my Redeemer and my Restorer. And it's a journey that was really hard to walk, but that's who the Lord is to me. And when I was 16, my mum sat my brother, my three brothers and I down after dinner and told us that she was asking my dad to leave and that weekend he would be gone. 
And in that moment, it was such a shock to me because my dad was the dad I'd ringed for Bible scriptures. He was the guy leading worship at the front. He was the encourager of the family. And none of us had any idea of what my parents' marriage actually was. My mum is a beautiful mother and she just felt to keep us not in the dark, but just get us through high school and then she would sit us down. And it just got to a point that it was a bit out of control and she said, he has to go. So that weekend he left and we didn't say bye and we didn't talk for many, many years. And I remember going to work the next day and seeing everyone's lives, just everyone living their normal lives and me in my workplace thinking, what just happened? Like I'm putting on this brave face and pretending like everything's okay, but my world just crashed down. And it was really hard to reconcile because um, my dad had been living a double life and there was many layers to that. And it was messy and yucky and we just had no idea. And so through that journey, it was around a five, six year journey of walking with my mum. I really felt that that was my role as her daughter to support her and walk with her. And we were prayer buddies and we would pray together. And through that season, I just, my prayer was like, Holy Spirit, I need you to show me how close you can be to me right now because I need you to be close to me to get me through. And I love that you're here today, Sarah, because part of what I was going to say before I even knew you were on the table was, I remember entering a summer camp at the city campus, a powerhouse one, one year. And you were talking about people in the room who were living in a winter season, that they just had deep sadness. And that was me. And if you know me, I'm a happy person. I'm that annoying positivity person. Like it drives my husband crazy because I'm just, I'm very happy. That's who I am. But in that season, I was just sad. I was really sad and I couldn't shake it. And you prayed for the winter to go and the spring to come. And in that moment, the spring entered my life. And I remember just feeling this joy, like this godly joy just entered my heart. And I hadn't felt that in a long time. And the season hadn't changed. Things were still messy. My parents were still separated. The chaos was there. The layers were getting deeper. <laughs> but I was, I was able to do that season. And so I'm thankful for you for praying for that because that was, that was me in the audience who really got that joy. And the whole time, my mum and my prayer was not for their marriage to be restored. That's, we believed for that. But that my dad, God's son, would return home yeah. to him. And so I remember my mum always saying that salvation matters more, salvation matters more. Emily, his salvation matters more. And that's what we would pray for. We would pray for my dad's salvation. And I'm just, I often thought about Genesis, what God could do in a day. So in a day, He created the heavens and the earth. <laughs> I love in that. In a day, He created the birds and the fish and, and the light. On a day, He brought my joy back mm. to me. And each Friday, we would pray to the Lord, will you bring my, will you bring my husband home today, this weekend? Will you bring my dad home this weekend? And on one day, he brought him home. <laughs> and so there's power in a day and there's power in that prayer. And I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit for walking us through that journey. And, and that wasn't a smooth transition of him coming home. Yeah. Um, but I can honestly stand here today and say that God is a redeemer. Yeah. My dad was so far gone. Like I can't express, <laughs> like my, that journey is such a unique journey for my parents. But the crazy thing is now, like if you were 
driving down Newtown on any Saturday night, you might see this orange Vespa zooming the streets. And that's my <laughs> mum and dad on that Vespa, finding a place to go out and eat in Newtown because they're little honeymooners now. Like it's such a redemption story. And just the kindness of God is too good. It overwhelms me daily. And a verse that I love is it's Psalm 92. And it says, at each and every sunrise, we will be thanking you for your kindness and your love. As the sun sets and all through the night, we will keep proclaiming you are so faithful. Yeah. And God is just so faithful. And a song that I really stood on in this season, um, it was Saviour King. And that, that line that says that, hope that was lost now stands renewed. That was such an anthem for yeah. that five years for my mum and me. And it is renewed. My family is back together and we're, yeah, God is so kind. And what I love about it is that I have been in places where your mum and dad have been and you've yeah. been with them. And I was absolutely dumbfounded by your story last week because you don't even smell of smoke. Mm. Like your mum and dad look like the happiest people ever. Yeah. Your, the way you speak about your family is beautiful and the way you've thrown yourself into marriage and family is with great confidence mm. in God. And so mm. like I love it because, and I love hearing your stories because yeah. it reminds me of where God has been that mm. in my life yeah. or where I can believe Him to be that. Yeah. So I love that. Yes. Do you love, are you crying, Angela? Yeah, I'm this close to yeah. losing it. Is so, I didn't know that full story. Mm -hmm. That is powerful. And I think hearing the stories of God and hearing what God is doing practically, mm -hmm. God works in some of the most painful seasons of our life. Yeah. We don't want painful seasons. Mm -hmm. We don't like difficult seasons. Yeah. We don't love what's been happening in the last year. And also, you know, many countries right. still facing very mm -hmm. difficult seasons. And but yet that is where we see God the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. He is our comfort and yeah. we need comfort yeah. because we're facing difficult seasons. And mm -hmm. so to me, you know, when we're facing difficulties, we can know that God is in the difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just love this whole theme yeah. <laughs> because one of the things I love about getting older, and it, I tell our students all the time, getting older is a privilege because yeah. Yeah. my stories are 45 years long now with yeah. God and yeah. He is faithful. You can depend on Him. Yeah. But most of our students are in a very early season yeah. of their relationship with God. So they don't know Him yet to be fully faithful. Right. They're trusting mm -hmm. that He is. They have read in the Word of God that He is, but they haven't seen the end of their story. So they don't actually have all these things that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And for me, knowing that God is faithful is one of the most beautiful attributes of God because the Bible says that even when we are faithless, Right. He remains faithful. Yeah. And that is to me one of the most beautiful, um, gracious mm. gifts of yeah. God. Mm. And one of the things I decided to do um, years ago is that I decided I am going to be more passionate and more in love with Jesus the older I get. I'm not oh, going to be wow. one of those love people that, that gets old <laughs> yeah. and um, doesn't know Christ yeah. like they used right. to know Him. Wow. I, I, and I am contending for that. Mm. And I think it is so powerful that we would know just what you talked about at the very beginning, that God wants to be known. Yeah. Yeah. But there is a mystery surrounding God and we will never fully know Him to His extent because He is so vast. He is so great. He is so beyond us. Yeah. You know, He is depth, His width, His length. You yeah. know, it's there is 
that's what is so precious about our relationship mm. with God is there is still so much more to know. Mm. And I don't know, I just think it's powerful to talk about yeah. the, the God that wants to be known and that He made Himself known through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He is the invisible God made visible in Jesus Christ. Mm. So a season where God really revealed Himself to you, how? Uh, this is the story of my life. And I right. think anybody who's been serving God a long time, um, I have different seasons. I look back over my life and I'm like, this is who God was in this season. Right. Um, this is how God was in this season. And there are certain scriptures that are worn out in my Bible. <laughs> and I remember taking my Bible, my physical Bible to go get redone, you know, wow. rebound because it was <laughs> falling so good. to pieces. And right. I took it to this beautiful elderly man who um, I heard about rebinds old books. And I came in with this Bible that was tattered. It was... So Shocking. I had <laughs> saved up when I was 24. I had saved up for weeks and weeks and weeks to pay for it because we were poor. We were early in ministry. We had nothing. And I oh, saved up $15 to buy this Amplified Bible. And it had been worn out now, 20 years on. And I brought it to this gentleman and I told him, I said, this is my best friend. <laughs> Please be careful and bring it back to me whole. And I said, what I've heard is that um, something like this, that if a Bible that belongs to a person is falling apart, the person who owns it isn't. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I don't know who <laughs> said it, but I, I told him and he just looked at me like, this is amazing. <laughs> and um, so I, I would say different seasons, God has mm. saved my life. I am a, I'm a, a gr trophy of grace mm. because I shouldn't be alive. Right. And, and I think... When you know Him as your Savior and your best friend, and then now I know Him as my, my counselor. Yeah. Mm. I ask Him, give me wisdom every mm. morning. I'm making decisions that are quite big mm. daily. Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, be my counselor, be my guide. Let me make wise choices. Yeah. Yeah. Let me make wise decisions. Help me to know your, your wisdom, not my wisdom, but godly wisdom. Um, and I am spending as much time as possible asking God for anointing, fresh yes. ability. Yeah. God, I need your ability to do what I can't do in my natural. Mm -hmm. And I think that is what's so powerful is prayer brings the supernatural. Yeah. Yeah. Our natural encounters God's super, and yeah. that is what prayer does. So for yeah. me, that's I think I'd know God as my counselor right now. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I love that because when um, Paul talks about knowing the unknown God, yeah. his whole aim is that we could worship Him intelligently yeah. and that um, we would know who we're dealing with. Mm. There's a verse in Psalms and it says, Psalm 25, 13, there is a private place reserved for lovers of God mm. where they sit um, near Him and receive revelation secrets of His promise. Mm. And I love the thought that as we know God mm. that, and as He reveals Himself to us, we worship Him differently. Yeah. Yeah. We worship Him in a different way. And it um, reminds me of secret places that are forged from knowing God. Yes. And I would say all three of you have very beautiful secret places with God. And I, like in preparing for this, I was reminded of Susanna Wesley. Yeah who like, she is a, a mom of two famous Christian ministers, Charles and John Wesley. One was a famous preacher, one was a hymn writer. I think over the course of their life, they brought thousands, if not millions of people to Jesus. But she was a mum of 19 kids. Oh, um, yeah, how crazy. 19. We don't want that on a, on a Thursday morning. Oh um, 10 died in infancy. 
Their house was burnt to the crown twice during their lifetime. Like there's all these things that surround her. But, but she said about this, at the start of my life, I committed to being a woman of prayer and to knowing God. And the only way that I could do that was to carve out a secret place. But her children knew that the minute she pulled her apron up over her head, because there was nowhere else to get away, she was praying. And so I guess just as we close our table, I would love to talk to you all about how you have come to know God more. Like, where is that place for you? So Em, like you can start as a mum like Susanna Wesley with two busy kids. And like we all have these romantic ideas of what it looks like to worship God. But Mm. what's the reality for you? Oh gosh, the reality, uh, if I'm honest, I have reminders on my phone to remind me to pray. Every day of the week is for a different family member or my boys or my husband or my marriage because I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) I love Jesus, but I'm tired. (laughs) I don't remember all the time. Um, Or yesterday when we FaceTimed, I said to you, I'm sorry if I cry. I just listened to a song and I was having a Robert Ferguson moment on my knees crying and just worshipping God because it was in the moment of Mm. I was putting away the washing and I had Buddy on the bed and I had the worship on because that's what that moment looked like for me to find Jesus. And I just felt His presence fill the room. Mm. And if I'm honest, I haven't felt that in quite a long time. And Sunday was fresh in my mind that in Sunday in church here, Robert asked us all to get on our knees mm. and just bow before the Lord. And so I thought, this is what I need to do in this moment. And I just had a sob moment with Jesus. And then it was beautiful. Um, but that was putting away the sloppy joes. Right. And then <laughs> I went on to the next task of a billion things in the day. But in the season of motherhood, I find the one in two minutes. Mm. And that is, my, that is my love moments with Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I think that is really beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Angela, what about you? Like, how do you know God better? <clears throat> I love the secret place. First of all, I think it's amazing that you shared that scripture at the beginning because just this morning I woke up and the, I feel like the Holy Spirit spoke mm. those words to me. Right. Mm. And then you said you were going to share that. And I was like, <laughs> look at this. And I was like, yeah, I love on that. my Instagram story, I put the scripture about um, there is a private place mm. reserved for the um, lovers of God, basically. Yeah, so good. Loving God is a choice. Mm. Yeah. You know, it's a decision because there's times where God is silent and He never promised He's going to always be mm. um, physically felt, you know, but that's where faith is developed. And I would say mm. um, my private and personal and beautiful time with God started um, as a young child. Mm. I I had a really beautiful presence of God understanding, I think, because I had a great father. Um, But then when I went to Bible college, I got in the Word and the Word in that season of my life jumped out of the page daily. And I would be able to spend hours because we had prayer school and we had, um, then we had classes in the Bible. So I would just felt like I was in this 24 hours a day bubble in the Word of God. I get home and I couldn't wait to spend time with Jesus. Now, that was like my honeymoon, amazing time where I learned the presence of God. I learned how to dive into the Word. I learned who God was. I learned to hear His voice. Mm -hmm. And He is a speaking God. He might not be audible, but He speaks to me daily. He speaks to me through reminding me of the Word. He speaks to me through moments and He gives me prophetic words for people. And it's in worship, He makes the words go alive in my spirit. And Mm -hmm. I know He is with me in every season, in every moment. But right now, and I would say with young children, when they Mm. took naps, I feel like God asked me, would you give me that time? Mm. I'd be like, but that's my only time. (laughs) He'd be like, would you give it to me? And so I would spend that time. But now, empty nester, working a big (laughs) world, um, 
I wake wake up in the morning and my beautiful um, little phrase in the morning when when I wake up and I started developing this uh, about five, six years ago was, God is always good Mm. and I'm always loved. That's how I wake up and that's how I go to sleep so that He's the first thing I think of and the last thing I think of. Mm. And then I read something. It's sometimes very unromantic. But then I always read something and I always spend time crying out to God. God, I need you. I declare it every day. I need you. I need you today. I need you to speak to me. I need you to use me. I need you. I cannot do this life without you. And I think having a revelation that we really cannot do life without God well is so important. And then letting Him know it. And it's this activation point. So that's kind of, and in my car, I cry out (laughs) and I worship and I'm holding on to the throne. That's how it looks. I love that. C.S. Lewis says, um, in the process of being worshipped, God communicates His presence to man. So I think what you're talking about is as we're seeking God and looking for Him, He makes Himself known, Mm. which I love. I also love that Darren Kiddo is um, at the Sisterhood this morning on the chat with us all. So good morning, Darren. Okay, Sarah, what about you? Like how, what does your secret place look like? What have been some of the things that you've learned about how to know God better? Isn't it a beautiful question? Mm. I just think, you know, and I think I want to echo what these amazing women have said, much the same. I think for me, it's just about closing my eyes, stilling myself wherever I am. You know, today it was just sitting on the bed. Thank you that you were with me. Just reminding me myself of what I do know. Yeah. Right. And, um, and then you become aware of His presence and whatnot. But I was telling you yesterday, Cass, that I was reminded of something else that the secret place about has been for me. And yesterday I was at the funeral of a general in the faith. Her name is Merle Nugent. There's going to be a photo. It's going to come up. Look at her. Look at her. (laughs) She's on the phone. Merle was born in 1926. So she was like 95 years old. And she was one of the first women who went through the Bible College, AOG Bible College in Australia. So one of the first cohorts ever. And so um, she passed away yesterday. And what I loved about Merle, she was a sisterhood girl through and through. And she would look after our (laughs) prayer ministry, our prayer requests. And every Thursday, she would come with the handwritten requests at the time. And she would sort of, you know, bring them up to the front of me and pass them to me. But she would like hold them close to her heart like they were treasure. And like at the end of the service, after we had prayed for them, she would come up to me again and she would get them and she would hold them back to her heart like treasure. And then she would go and every week she would pray over every single one and she would call the people and... Merle was one of those people where she took the needs of others to the secret place. Wow. wow. And I think so many people would be like, I have a need, I'm going to call, call Merle. Right. And I know for me, I'm like, <laughs> you know, like my mum's on speed dial. Mum, pray for this. Get your girlfriends praying. And my mother-in-law, right. Sue. Mum, get your intercessors praying, you know. <laughs> and we all have people like that. But I was just reminded that, you know, that's what, that's what we need to be for others. Yeah. And so I think the secret place for me is also taking the needs of others to the God that I know, mm. right. because perhaps they don't know God like I know God yet. Mm. So I know God as healer, but perhaps they haven't like understood that God is healer. So right. it's taking their needs to Him mm. and um, praying for my friends and you know what I mean? And so I think that's a big part of the secret place for me um, while waiting for others to realise who God can be for them. It's like taking that to the secret place for them. Mm. Love. Wow. And, you know, Cass, you asked me, to sort of just put a big, beautiful bow on this moment because, you know, 
we're talking about how much what we love and what we know about God, but we're so aware that, you know, this friendship table is going to go far and wide and we don't know who is sitting in the rooms this morning locally and maybe you've come with a friend or a family member or perhaps you just like got on and you Googled women's group. <laughs> you know, I don't know how you found yourself here. Maybe you're on the channel and you've just found the friendship table and you've heard this conversation about knowing God and perhaps you're thinking, I don't know God like that. You know, this, I still feel like God is somewhat someone known to me. Mm. You know, I guess I just want to encourage you this morning and I want to let you know that as Angela said so beautifully, God can be known yeah. and He wants to be known by you. And, you know, we've talked about God being healer and comforter, mm. restorer and redeemer, and He brings joy and peace. And I just want to ask you, do you know God like that? Because if you don't, this morning is your morning because I'd love to show you how you can know God. And it's so simple. It's just stilling your heart stilling your mind and praying a really simple prayer saying, God, I want to know you. You know, the girls know you. Like, I'd love to know you like that. And so what I want to do is all over this, you know, this place. Can you close your eyes, please? And close your eyes, please. <laughs> and, you know, in every room, you know, wherever you are, every location. And if you're online, if you're driving in your car, just still your heart for a moment. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, which is basically just saying, God, I want to know you. And it's a prayer of accepting His forgiveness, His redemption in your life. So I'm going to pray it line by line. And I'd love to introduce you to the God that can be known this morning. So um, why don't you pray this along with me? Would you say, Father, I know that you want to be known and that you are the God that can be known. And this morning I say, I want to know you, God. And so Jesus I acknowledge that you are the Son of God, that you died and rose again. And this morning I choose to enter into relationship with you, enter into knowing you. I'm now a Christian, a follower of God in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And so if you so prayed beautiful. that prayer, you can either write, you prayed that prayer in the chat or the girls in the room at the end of the friendship table are going to help you to move on with that decision. Mm. You know, what I love is that God actually says that He is a friend that sticks yes. closer than a brother. And so not only can you know about Him, mm. but you can have friendship with Him. Yeah. And so girls, I think that brings us to the end of our table, which I feel like was such a beautiful discussion and you have enriched my life with your knowledge of God and then what your day-to-day -day looks like with Him. Mm. I guess I'd like to encourage you that wherever you find yourself, whether you're online or whether you're in the room, to actually tell somebody about what God has revealed of Himself to you. Like, why don't you start a conversation and tell the girls around you, like, what you know about God, what this season has brought forth or what you want to know. And if you're not a Christian and you don't know Jesus, then I pray that you would let somebody pray with you that God would reveal Himself to you this week mm -hmm. and that He would become real. Yeah. One thing that I love is that if you don't know where to start, if this is a big conversation, you go, what do I do with all of this? If you know in your heart God wants to be known and then you turn to the Psalms and you just begin to pray those words, yeah. they're the ancient prayer book that people have prayed before us and we can just centre ourselves back on God. Yeah. So why don't you take that this week, take Psalms, pray them and like, let's have a renewed focus of midday, baby midday girls at 12 yeah. o'clock every day. We pray, we pray for our world, we pray for our leaders, we pray for situations 
actions that are going on and we actually seek the known God that He would make Himself known in our situation. So we love you a lot. Thanks for joining us this Thursday morning. Have a wonderful rest of the week and we will see you soon. Love you lots. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I hope you have found it encouraging and uplifting and helpful. Don't forget, you can subscribe on iTunes to make sure you get all of the latest episodes as soon as they're released. And if you have time, I'd love to hear from you. Write to me in the review or comments section. I look forward to being with you again next time.